the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. As ever, this is the Freed from the Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game of MTGO and stuff from the offline game which is of interest to us. And one gentleman of interest to us is the new community liaison, who they've decided to name community coordinator for this go-around. Kia, do you remember our previous community insert uh, buzzword here? Uh, <laughs> no, not so much, unfortunately. Um... I kind of got turned off to the board early on after the, the Gleemax debacle. Um, yeah. I really didn't contribute a whole lot or go through them that much. I preferred to just find news in other areas and keep up with the people I kept up with. So I haven't been in the loop with most recent coordinators. I'm sure you can fill us in a little bit better. Well, I've been somewhat on the periphery in recent months because, well, the boards, well, these football club I support had a manager who, um, when it had a corporate takeover, resigned and, when interviewed walking away from the ground, said there used to be a football club over there. There used to be a message board over there. Yeah. Um, it's... I really hope they can get back to the glory days when we had a vibrant and fully-fledged community, all contributing, talking on the boards... Uh, not just um, the whole bunch of us Gronyards who have been there, seen it all, and look sadly upon what could have been. Um, I really hope you can um, uh, get the best out of the position and uh, act as a really useful point of information. But how many chances do Wizards need? How many chances have we as a community given them over the past decade? And is it too late for most people? Yeah, uh, that'll be the interesting thing. The, there, we've attached a link to the thread where uh, Sean Gibbons, uh, Sean G underscore G online, did a little introduction, uh, let you know kind of what he's here to do and what he wants to talk about, get a little get to know you. And for the most part, the opening salvo was some of the oldest of old timers on the boards coming in and and a, I'll say lukewarm welcoming, uh, maybe not warm welcoming because they've been burned in the past. Um, but saying, you know, what they're kind of not expecting, but yeah. what they anticipate may happen. And yeah. They've been burned before. So. In general, I think the um, attitude has been welcoming as best they can be towards him. Um, there is genuine hope that this will uh, be a good thing. Um, we've seen a lot of um, uh, people come and go in the liaison role temporarily, permanently, shuffled around. Um, some of them have been dire and have hurt the community. Some of them have been great and have boosted the community, then headed off to do other things. Some have been and gone. I've, I really want, I really want him to succeed. I want him to get us back to a, a bright and vibrant community as we were back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, that was back in the day, and you can never cross the same river twice 
yeah, you can't, you know, you can't go back home again. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, he looks like, uh, just, you know, the way it reads what he's written, that he is obviously interested in doing this. I don't think he would have applied for the job otherwise. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, he can do some good. And, you know, maybe this is a chance to for everyone to start over, and we could actually build the boards into something that is truly useful for the community at large. <laughs> just looking at my board post date, it'll be uh, my 10-year anniversary on there next year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, he, he, it's a promising start. He's, um, it's not a great position to be thrust into, but he's uh, doing well at the moment. He's got a good grounding, got a good background. He's played the game for the past four years and the offline game for longer than that. So, uh, good luck, Sean. Uh, if you're listening, all the best, mate, um, and uh, do your best for the boards. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, we have a link available in the show notes. So if you want to pop in and state your demands or warm welcome or whatever you want to do, you know, you can go check that out. Yep. Um, and if you want to post a comment on the um, on the reply to the show, then uh, we'll be happy with that, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. On to other news. Um, the M13 pre-release is looking a bit cheaper than previous pre-releases. Yeah. Uh, so we have the information about the Magic 2013 pre-releases like I said, and they will begin on Thursday, July 26th, and run through Saturday, July 28th, um, after which time the set will become available for sale the following day, or the, the following Monday. But yeah. the pre-releases are the standard fare as far as prizes go. Uh, going 4-0 in a sealed event gets you 10 packs and 3 qualifier points. Going 3-1 gets you 4 packs and a point, and then going 2-2 gets you 1 pack. What's different this time, though, is that the price has been slashed down to 25 tickets. Um, from the usual 30 tickets. They seem to be hedging their bets a bit by not saying whether this will be a a permanent change or just something because uh, uh, core sets tend not to be that um, uh, pre-release-y. Yeah, it's it's hard to to boast, you know, get your chance to get a hold of cards early when over half the set has already been printed uh, in previous sets. So it'll be interesting. My hope is that they will compare the pre-release numbers of Magic 2013 to the numbers from Magic 2012, um, yep. maybe use that to look at, you know, did we get ahead, did we break even, or make more compared to the reduction and then the number of events extra that we cashed in on. Um, so <laughs> hopefully going forward, this will be, sorry about that, uh, hopefully going forward, this will be a permanent change that we'll see with Return to Ravnica and future sets. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if this is... Um... Well, the community has been asking for cheaper pre-releases with better price support for some time, although, uh, yeah, give me more stuff for less cost is uh, hardly the rarest of cries from uh, the fan base, if you will. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, at least, you know, we got half the equation here, uh, so we get it for less. Um, yeah. So, you know, well, you know if, you, if you were voting with your wallet and you feel that these terms are now agreeable, then now you can jump in and hopefully make this a permanent change. Yeah. Democracy in action. You choose which one. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I remember when it first got announced, I kind of ignored the announcement, and then I was glancing around, and I was like, five tickets cheaper, and I was like, wait, what? Click, click. So that's cool. Fun little surprise. Yep, draws people back. Um, An unfun yeah, surprise, though, uh, would be the recent change to multiplayer. AJ? Yes, the multiplayer room as we know it is gone. It's dead, it's buried, it is not coming back. This is bringing... Uh, uh, MTG V3 in line with MTG V4, as will be 
brought out. No longer will we have a separate room for multiplayer. It's available in all the other rooms which um, we currently play in, just for fun, just get, getting started, and so on. Which, in practice, will probably generally mean you'll get everybody in the just for fun room, unless it's a, a special or player run event, in which case they'll drop in anything goes because there's nothing else happening there. <laughs> Yeah, um, I get the feeling this is this is one of those rocky transitions where no warning was provided, so it's been difficult. I know people have, you know, been saying it's harder to get multiplayer games going. I know I have accidentally joined a couple of multiplayer games because I just look by format, um, yeah. and so I'm like, oh, he's playing the format I want. I double click it, and suddenly I'm filling a seat of uh, four seats or six seats, and I'm like, whoa, hang on now. Yes. Um, so it's caused a bit of a hiccup, I'm sure, but yeah, that, like you said, I think the community will figure out the multiplayer community will figure out a way to organize themselves for the time being until yeah. the new platform makes it easier. My concern is multiplayer needs communication, and uh, unless you want the um, primary room for um, magic to be filled up with, um, uh, if they can get Emperor going again, uh, Emp Game needs an Emperor and a couple of wingers, although that's not really been something which we've um, had for a long time. Yeah, no one uh, communicates or... that anymore. For that? So no one communicates that anymore. Well, nobody communicates. Not since uh, version 2, anyway. Um, but yeah, multiplayer needs communication even in setting up games, and I hope that that gets recognised and that um, that it works. I'm going to have to look to see... But it's, it's easier to get... It looks like it will um, be easier to get games in the new client as and when that comes out. But um, even so, it, it's this is something I want to keep an eye on. I'm reserving judgment on the moment for the moment, although it would be easy to leap to the oh no, this is bad. Um, but then again, it's change. It's not necessarily going to be a bad thing when we get used to it. Let's face it, the old multiplayer room was hardly uh, um, paradise by comparison. Absolutely. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what this ends up with. Um, and I'll uh, dabble around and see what uh, playing multiplayer is like in this brave new world. Um, that said, once you're actually in-game, what happens in the lobby is irrelevant. Very true. Um, so you don't really have to notice that as much. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Obviously, I think, you know, it was just a big shock to the system for everyone because it was one of those, hey, look for this to happen tomorrow type of announcements. Um, yes. So hopefully, you know, those, those kind of things will cut down. Now that we have a new community communicator communication specialist. Um, but yeah, like you said, it'll probably be much better once we go on to the new platform. Yeah. Um, and we know that because we have a feature article uh, by Ryan Spain introducing us to some of the aspects of version 4. Yeah. Good to hear from Ryan. Um, formerly a um, columnist for uh, Pure MTGO, now a big wig working on MTGO for Wizards, so um, yeah, he's uh, given us a thorough update on what the new interface will be like, some of the tweaks and features. Um, I'm not really in a position to offer much in the way of criticism for reasons which I am not really in a position to go into. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. So I'll do it for you. I'll cover some here. Um, yeah. Some obvious things. Uh, just to look at, they have a schedule set up. There's going to be a sneak peek, so everyone can kind of check out the beta client for about a little over a week, and that actually has, has already begun. Um, yep. 
So that is available now. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can hop on and take a look. And then there's a survey so you can provide feedback to yep. kind of say what you feel about it. Afterwards, later this year, we'll go to a wide beta um, so to where both clients will be available and will actually run together, as I understand it. Um, yep. so you could be playing someone on version 4 while you're on version 3 and vice versa. And then finally, the wide beta will end and everyone will be kicked off of version 3 and shuffled onto version 4. Yep. Um, I heartily, heartily recommend getting involved with the betas to have a chance to uh, see what the future of um, MTGO will be like and possibly, if you're really lucky, to tape it. Um, although we knew how that ended up with version 3. This, they've, they've learned a lot in the years, in intervening time, and it is to be hoped that uh, version 4 will be uh, capable of meeting the needs of all the user base. We'll get used to it. Absolutely. We always adapt. Um, hopefully it'll be for the better. Some, yep. some things are for that. Apparently the download time on the client is about five minutes, which is yep. about a 10,000 times improvement from uh, the previous client. Yep, they've um, massively upped um, that aspect of things. Uh, it, um, the preview article has uh, pictures of the client which uh, seem to show it looking really good. Um, There's no more binder per se. Um, yep. you're now the deck editor and your collection tab are one and the same. Yep. Um, you'll sift through the cards and you can build your entire collection and you can build a deck from that. And they have some kind of some uh, drill down menus that lets you select pretty highly um, what cards you want to use for deck building purposes. Yeah, it's um, uh, they've put a lot of work into it, and it does show. And hopefully, that work will have will pay off in a manner which uh, you, our loyal listener, will enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, as playing the rooms goes, it looks like they've switched. It almost looks more like a. Um, poker program type of room, you click you click a tab and you click to kind of limit what games you're looking for, and then there's even a button that just says, go to the next game. So rather than hunting down a random person who's playing your format, you just say, I want to play a fun game playing Type 2, and then you click go to the next game, and then presumably you'll get dumped into a game uh, with someone who's waiting to play. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty handy if you're just looking for random games to test out a deck or something. Um, looking at draft, we now have a viewable table again um, of sorts. It's not quite everyone's avatars sitting there holding cards and shuffling them and doing cool stuff. But you do have a picture of where you're sitting at the table, who you're sitting next to, uh, how many cards you've selected thus far, and how many cards they've selected thus far so that you know who you're waiting on to make a pick in the draft. Uh, the article also talks about um, dragging picks directly into your deck and building it as you draft which is a big improvement. Yeah, it, this is really cool. Um, the biggest one is that left-clicking a card no longer adds it to your deck, uh, which is huge for those times. You know, I'm, I'm sure if you've drafted more than a handful of times, you've misclicked and accidentally taken a card, and it's frustrating, uh, especially if it's the first pick in a new pack or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Now you can left-click uh, to just kind of hold that card, so if you run out of time, that's taken for you, and then you can, you can drag it to your deck or right-click it to... Uh, right, select a menu, say, take this card or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, you can build your deck during it so you can shuffle cards into your sideboard as you're building the deck. Uh, which is really cool and will cut down on the time, wait time between uh, drafting and playing. But I worry, like, for some people, it takes away, uh, 
if you're tra hoping to translate your skills to real life because you don't get to look at your picks or build your deck, actually, actually build your deck while you're in the middle of drafting. So something to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, theoretically, you could just uh, drag everything to the sideboard and wait until the draft's over. So. That's true. Uh, yeah, I remember I was reading an article by someone who um, they were talking about that and how Magic Online had kind of degraded their draft skills. So what they did is they just put a big piece of paper over their card sele selected cards so that now that they were drafting like it was real life, they didn't get to look back at their picks except in between packs. Um, so, you know, obviously you could handicap yourself in that own way if, if that's your inclination. Yeah. And, of course, windows can be minimized or... Uh, closed or resized or dragged somewhere else, so you could uh, put it somewhere where you don't have to look at it. That's true. Uh, people, there's a lot of talk about how you can cut up the client a lot more. Um, you can drag chat windows into a second monitor if you have it, or drag them away. Uh, games pop up in a separate um, a separate window on your taskbar, so that's kind of cool to separate those out. Yep. Speaking of the actual games, looking at it, um, it looks pretty neat. Looks pretty clean. Um, multiple tokens that are identical, exactly identical, it's the same tokens and counters and effects on them, uh, do stack. So it's much easier to keep track and count those kind of things. And there's some examples of that with like vampire and mirror tokens. Yep. Uh, likewise, lands if uh, you've got a crowded screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one cool little neat thing they show is an actual uh, red zone that uh, just kind of pops up during your combat steps so you can kind of clearly see which creatures you actually physically move into the red zone. Like, you click them and they slide up uh, yep. to attack. That's pretty cool. It is a very nice little feature. Um, I look forward to seeing it um, and how it plays out uh, in real life. Um, yeah, um, it's a really nice thing. Yeah. And then the last little piece we get really this big is uh, trade binders. It looks like you'll be able to actually set up specific binders uh, so you can have your you know, cool rares that you would actually, so you could actually facilitate more trading, or you could just have all your everything that's extra junk that I want to get rid of trade binder to pawn off on uh, people looking for tons and tons of cards or bots that are looking for that. Um, so that's actually a really, really cool change. Um, yep. And one that I think can facilitate a lot more actual trading occurring. Since you'll no longer have to set up, you're like, wait, wait, let me go take this, put this up for trade and that, and not for trade, and blah, blah, blah. So. Mm -hmm. That one I'm really hopeful for. It's, it's certainly very promising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, a lot of cool stuff to look at. Um, we've provided a link to the article if you haven't gotten to read it yet, where you can check out all the cool pictures and read through all of the information there. Yep, we hope this is of use to you. And uh, let's see. Yeah. Next on the agenda, we have the... Uh, from the Rolt Realm spoiler has come out, or at least some of the cards on it. Yeah. This, this is the um, somewhat, would you say, controversial um, uh, lands from the Vault, or um, not particularly controversial? I don't know. I think it, I think it was interesting. Um, I think it was more controversial before Return to Ravnica got announced, because I get the feeling, uh, between it being Ravnica and between a lot of the cards that hint at searching for land types in the core set, I think there's a strong premonition that we're going to see a reprint of the Ravnica Shocklands very soon. Um, oh, so yeah. I think a lot of people were looking at, like, you know, which ones will they include? Will they include any of those? That was a big call, um, obviously, especially for modern, to get those reprinted 
And so I think some of the pressure came off of the box set because of that. Yeah, or even better, new jewels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Um, so it's very interesting. Um, I think that has taken away some of the controversy, but I think it's still um, it's going to what they put in there will make or break it because you know I think people are looking for a lot more value cards and, and less casual cards, and they have some options to go either way. Uh, right yeah. now. What we do have for you are six preview cards that have been announced at, uh, from Comic-Con. Yes, and most of these are ones which have seen uh, tournament play in one way or another, or are um, absolute classics of their type. Dryad Arbor, the... Um, uh, uh, what was the search card which had this as um, uh, X equals zero for a creature? Oh, uh, Green Sun Zena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great pair there. I mean, you can dig it up with a sack land. This is a the true uh, man land. Um, yes. Comes to us with a whole new template, which makes it look very pretty, and some brand new art, which makes it look even prettier. Yes, they've uh, gotten rid of the this is green by using the same uh, dot on the type bar technology that the um, uh, flip cards used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but not the flip, the... Um, well, there have been so many different kinds of cards which flipped in one way or another, from the pinwheels of um, Kamigawa block through to... Uh, Our Transformers, uh, Werewolves of Skies. Yes, they've, uh, this is using that technology to indicate its color on the type line, leaving the text box plain for the forest symbol. Exactly. Um, it, it looks very pretty. It is really nicely done, an excellent choice for this. Uh, Forbidden Orchard, a card which uh, saw a lot of play in Oath decks uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, originally printed in Kamigawa block, and you know if you play Classic, I'm sure you've run into it a time or two. Um, yep. So that's a fun one. Uh, Glacial Chasm was the preview art that we had seen before, and now is confirmed. I think it was pretty clear when you look at it, because you know there were glaciers yeah. everywhere, and that was a chasm, so it made perfect sense. And that sees some play in... Uh, some of, some of the land decks, the 43 land or whatever. Yes, it's a um, bit of a uh, strange one, but uh, very powerful in that it's a hard-to-target permanent type, which is relatively easy to recur, provided you've got your, um, uh, oh, what is it again, the uh, Crucible of Worlds out. Yeah. Um, so um, it's, pretty, it's a pretty interesting card in that respect. You could just sacrifice it every turn and then yeah. get it back. Um, so it, it it can do some stuff competitively. Uh, Grove of the Burn Willows is also getting a reprint and getting a close-up with some new artwork. So it looks yep. really pretty. This is a card whose pretty much sole attribute is um, being a, um interesting twist on the uh, pain tapping by giving your opponent life, which uh, broke Punishing Fire wide open. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Uh, so, you know, a good one. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Murmuring Bosk. Bosk. Um, Feigned for, uh, it was uh, Caves of Koilos that the original um, card was essentially in uh, fetchable forest form. Mm -hmm. So it's the uh, black-white painland, which is also a forest, and comes in untapped if you have a tree folk. I remember the first time I read this card, it took me forever to understand it. Like, I, because I completely missed the, the line type for it. So I was like, why did they reprint this, or why did they print this one random card that sucks? 
compared to all the other lands. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, it produces green for free. Got it. Uh, and then it made sense. <laughs> then I was like, oh, this card's pretty good then. Yes, it's a essentially the first tri-land even before the, um, well, I suppose after the layers, it's the sixth tri-land, but it's yeah. the first... It's the first Triland which was actually playable mm-hmm. with respect to uh, Riths Grove and Brothers. Yeah, that's, um, no, that's very true. Um, and then until we got the actual Trilands in Shard Block. Yeah, and even then it compares well, being an enemy wedge colour. Um, the best of the uh, tribal cycles from uh, Morning Tide and uh, Lawwind Block. Um, it just shows how powerful having a actual land, a basic land type on the type line is for get it for any kind of land. Um, it gives you a hell of a lot more options for that land, and uh, I really do wish they they'd print more uh, lands with that. Yeah, I was just about to say that was an interesting design space um, that they really haven't touched on since then. Um, yes, which is one I think they could, you know could look into in the future. Maybe not all the time, and maybe not a cycle whenever you do it, but just, you know, every now and again, touch on something similar to that, because that is a really cool land for that purpose. Well, they did have the leech-ridden swamp cycle, which um, briefly tapped into it, if you will. Yeah, that's that's true. You're right. It comes into play tapped, has a uh, ability with two permanents of the appropriate color. Um, fairly weak, but um, a nice prodding at the potential. Yeah. Finally, um, Urborg Tomb of Yorgmoth, the um, infamous legendary land from Planar Chaos, which um, is best buddies with Cabal Coffers forever. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty good pairing. A fun, a fun card. Obviously, it had its big heyday uh, in combination with Dark Depths. Yep. Um, oh, turn one Dark Depths. Turn to drop your. Um, uh, Vampire, Hex, Mage, and... Oh, look, I've got a 2020 Indestructible. Good game. Yeah. Or even more brutal was the turn one Urborg. Thought sees you, just to make sure the pathway's clear. Next turn, Dark Depths. Vampire, Hex, Mage. I've got a 2020 and I already took away your path to Exile or Counterspell. Yeah. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aside from supercharging Cabal Coffers, making Landwalkers really fun... And if you're really good, killing people with um, uh, uh, karma. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny. <laughs> I think I have done that a couple of times. Airborne plus karma. Yeah, good times. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Oh, the, the really scary one was uh, Night Creep on a Isochron Scepter, which was the two-mana instant, which uh, uh, says all lands are swamps. You lock your opponent out of his colors for all turn, and... Then karma goes off. <laughs> Pretty brutal, man. Pretty brutal. Espe- especially if you don't actually have any swamps or sources of black mana in your deck whatsoever. Yeah, which you technically wouldn't need with uh, scepter and karma. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so that we've got, you know, those six cards. There's eight, or seven. Why can't I not do math right now? One, two, three, four. Yeah. We have nine, six nine more. Fifteen. Yes. Nine more to go. Um, to find out what's in the box set. Yes. Uh, and there's some interesting speculation, obviously, and given that we know the set number of these cards, because they have them printed at the bottom, you can yep. see where the 
alphabet alphabetical openings are. Um, for example, Dryad Arbor is number five, so there will be four cards that are alphabetically before it. Yes, there are some interesting options there, including the aforesaid Dark Depths, um, the recent Cavern of Souls, the aforementioned Cabal Coffers, or even something fun like Ancient Tomb or Vaseju, who shelters all. Yeah, uh, some definitely some interesting ones. And then Urborg being the last one we, that we know um, at 13, we know there are two after that. There's obviously potential for things like Vesuva and Wasteland, which is, which are heavy favorites. Um, and yeah. I, really think I would love to see Wasteland in this box set. They could be really annoying and just give us Urza's tower, though. <laughs> yeah, give us two of the, the three Urza's lands. No, just one of the Urza's lands. Oh. That'd, that'd be cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but uh, speculate away. Let us tell us what you think about the cards we do know and those that we will hopefully future know. Um, and Well, we should know soon. It comes out the end of August. Um, at real life and paper, I would assume. Yep, we'll see um, what fills the remaining slots and see if it's worth buying a box of 15 shiny lands. Exactly. My opinion, probably. But we'll see for sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, looking at last item, just really quickly, we do have a promo card uh, for the Moxus Season 8 after a short kerfuffle, um, where it was originally posted that the promo was a reprinted one uh, from Season 3. We now know that the Season 8 Championship promo will be the alternate art of regrowth. Um, as uh-huh. in the MTGO cube, um, pretty sweet art. Not a great card anymore. Um, it has some applications, but still. So. Oh, regrowth effects are still very nice. Um, I'm certainly not going to say no to um, buy a card back. It's. Uh, I mean, this was the thing which um, made Eternal Witness into an eight-ticket um, uncommon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a great. It was certainly a great card, and at one point it had to be banned. I think in some formats um, yeah. for being too good. Uh, and then, you know, obviously a huge help in combo decks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, something to strive for, and it's certainly better than you know some of the promos we get. So. Yep. And if you can find a use for it in a ter- tournament deck, then so much the better. Exactly. All right. Well, that pretty much covers all our news. Not that that wasn't. There's was a lot of stuff this week. Uh, yeah. On sometimes in this game that we play. Uh, All right. Another thing that goes on is time, and as time marches on, we do lose some cards. So in this case, we thought we'd bring you a list of those M12 cards that did not make the cut for M13 and what they're doing for prices. Yeah. Okay. AJ, see anything interesting? I'm quite intrigued by what Prime Time's doing. Primeval Titan is uh, all the way down to 7.6. That's. Uh, um, Less than half the median it was at um, in its heyday, and it's uh, I believe it's only a quarter of its absolute peak. Yeah, no, it it got way up there, and then even after it had been reprinted, like being in two sets, um, it's still its value it held up quite a bit over time to be at least like I said like double what it is now uh, down to seven sixty. Um, but I mean, also just not seeing a lot of play, even though you know it still has a couple months left in it before it rotates. Um, just not a very useful card right now. All the Titans in general have pretty much taken a hit. Although Sun Titans making a little bit of a revival because of recent tournament use. Uh, yep. Back up to around five. Although that card's always been hampered by the fact that it was the, pre- the re- re- release promo uh, yep. for M11. Uh, now looking at the uh, 
planeswalkers that won't be back. Uh, that's Gideon and uh, Sorin's reprinted uh, faces. They're they're doing all right. They're about uh, Sorin's at eight, Gideon's at um, just under seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems about right for a walker who won't be in standard, but will be in modern and is uh, both of them are pretty decent. Um, yeah, Gideon was a, a monster important component to uh, Callblade, one of the most annoying and overpowering standard decks of all time. Yeah. Um, and Soren has just recently started to soar. Yes. Um, making appearances in a black-white combat, or not combat, a control deck, um, where you can kill your opponent from 20 between Soren and Soren's Vengeance. Which is fun. Um, but... Uh... It seems slightly magical Christmas landy. It it is a little magical Christmas landy. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. I mean, pull it off is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's I mean, it has other ways to win and other things it can do to yeah. to win. But it's recently emerged due to just the nature of the uh, standard format. You know, people yeah. find new ways to combat Delver and whatever dominant decks there are, and that seems to be it at the moment. Yeah. It. Um... I never thought I'd see a card which essentially reads what uh, a donated delusions of mediocrity would do. Uh, be, <laughs> be really powerful and useful. Yeah, and pretty much the same converted mana cost. So you're up a, you're up a card on the delusions of mediocrity combo, yeah. depending on what you use to bounce the thing. And so what's really interesting is that the fact that it sets your opponent's life total to 10 really disincentivizes you, if that's a word, uh, from doing anything to your opponent in the meantime, because if, if any damage you deal to them from 20 to 10 makes his second ability that much less useful. Yes. <laughs> so essentially you're basically not doing anything to him whilst you combo off. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, just a funny little part of that card, but makes it really good in that certain control decks where your job is to ignore your opponent until you can uh, kill them. Yes. I mean, you could essentially use his first ability as... Uh, a Johnny Goldmane with the occasional shock. Yeah. Uh, although, some other... Man, there's some big cards in here. Just I'm really sad to see go. Uh, Day of Judgment, you know, it did not make the cut for the moment, and we get Planar Cleansing in its place. Ugh. That's a good sign. It means that we're going to get a, a better Wrath of one kind or another, or just rely on Mutilate, and I've got... I love Mutilate. That's true. I forgot we got we got Mutilate to kind of fill the void for that. Um, yeah. Grim Lava Mancer saying bye-bye. Uh, yeah, I'll miss him. Paradise. Ah. Bop is sitting out of a corset for only the second time in its history. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of one-mana... There's, there's always one-mana mana dudes and mana dorks available, so there's some options there. Just yep. sad, because he's so good and so iconic. Well, we'll see what they, they replace him with. Um couple of uh, clone effects uh, uh, going by the wayside. Phantasmal Image is at 4.72. Mm-hmm. Very good card. Uh, peace out. And then all the rest of the Titans are, of course, leaving with prime time. Um, thank goodness. I'm a bit surprised at Frost Titan. I mean, there was a time when that was one of the most played of them. But yeah. it just never really got up that high. Mm-hmm. Well, and at one point in time, it was, he was great because, if nothing else, he was a foil to every other Titan. Yes, because um, you would prevent them from attacking by tapping that permanent down, um, and he's kind of hard to deal with sometimes. You know, with the, the two mana additional mana to target, making it hard to beat him up through like mana leak and stuff like that. So he had his time in the sun, um, 
for sure. Yeah. Chandra's Phoenix. Um, I might pick up that at some point. It's a, it's a great little um, three mana hasty flyer. Um, pretty much. Uh, I mean, that's really efficient for what you get for red haste anyway. Yeah, no, I, I loved that card when it came out, and I immediately got four and tried to shoehorn it into all sorts of red decks. Yeah. Um, it's just, unfortunately, um, timely reinforcements really ruined my uh, my red days <laughs> for this last year or so. so. Now, fortunately, I think timely reinforcements isn't coming back, is it? It is not coming back, no. Um, I'm sure they'll, you know, white, there will always be life gaining and dude making weapons against um, red, and you just have to deal with them. Like we had Core Firewalker um, before yep. that. I mean, there's always something. Um, yeah. I'm sure something will come along eventually to replace it, but that one was particular, particularly annoying to deal with. Yeah. Um, Grand Abolisher has gone by the wayside. Uh, I look forward to seeing what um, uh, the Azorius Guild comes up with this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you look at quite a few of these cards and you think, oh hey, that's going to be um, quite interesting to see what uh, this thing from Ravnica is going to do in that slot. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, some things to look at, like Solemn Simulacrum. Not sure what they can reprint similar to that, but I mean, there's always you know we've had like Yavamaya Elder and creatures of yeah. that sort that get you card advantage and kind of active speed bumps. So. The thing with Solemn Sim is he was a land tutor for a basic land rather than a land with a basic land type. Yeah, which would have been uh, incongruent with uh, all the other searches they have, like Farseek and the new artifact that takes up uh, various yeah. basic land types. Everything they've put in in terms of land search is screaming that we're going to get um, uh, dual-type lands back in one form or another. That or we're getting one of the biggest Sykes wizards have ever tried. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, so if you're interested in some of those cards, and I mean, and these will still be standard playable. This isn't the old days where core sets rotated other core sets out. All of these cards will continue to be playable in type 2, uh, or standard, sorry, I'm going into old crotchety mode there, until Return to Ravnica is uh, officially out. Yeah. Okay. Right, which moves on to the question of the week. Mm-hmm. Namely, when will you switch to V4? As soon as possible, or hang on to V3 until it's dying breath. Or looking back to V2 and saying, I want that interface, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if only. No, um, I'm, a, I'm typically a pretty big embracer of change, so I imagine once the wide release uh, beta period is available, that I will be on board with that. Um, because, you know, we're going to move to version 4 eventually, so I'd rather get used to it sooner rather than later. And plus, that still offers time to get feedback in there. So if there's some things you really don't like about the new client, why not take that opportunity to get used to it or and then shout about it and hopefully see a change. Yeah. Um, I look forward to hearing what uh, various other people will answer this question with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to what you've been playing. Yeah. All right. Uh, I've just been playing a bunch of standard decks. I actually found out there is going to be a actual in-person pants-wearing magic PTQ in my neck of the woods in about two weeks, so I've just been throwing around some standard decks to try and see if I want to play that. Um, Not super excited by the format right now, mostly because I can't play my usual aggro red decks um, for for various reasons. And so I'm trying to find... Yeah, exactly. Trying to find something I like um, and figure out if I want to play Delver or what I want to do about that. 
Um, so yeah. no major decisions, just inspecting the field and seeing how it goes. Delva or anti-Delva? <laughs> AJ, what about you? What you been doing? I've been playing host to my in-laws who uh, came over from uh, America to visit myself and my wife. Um, much fun was had by all, but not much magic. Yeah. Um, I imagine the in-laws don't take too well to you sitting at a computer screen for hours on end while they're here. This is not something – yeah. We were too busy um, sampling the delights of some of the finest cities uh, that my country has to offer, um, sampling wonderful foods, and generally, um, yeah, they, 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 were, they were on holiday. We were um, uh, happy to help, really. It's, it's always good to see them. Family is family, um, and family always comes above uh, games. Happy wife, happy life. All right, well... I think that just about covers it for this week. That was a lot, though. We had quite a bit of news. A lot going on yeah. in the Magic Online realm. And we'd be delighted to hear what you think of that in the, sh- in the reply to the show. Um, yeah, if you want to comment on anything, answer the question of the week. Uh, feel free yeah. to give us any feedback, what you think. And yeah. uh, we will catch you next week with all the news and views. Don't forget to nip into Sean's thread on the official boards to uh, wish him hello and good luck. Absolutely, yeah. All right, guys. Till next week. Goodbye.